Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Well, welcome uh, to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Kyle Henderson. I actually get to serve on staff here as one of the pastors at SMCC. We're one church with many locations here in Utah, and uh, we're so glad that you guys are here with us again. As always, uh, I am surrounded by two awesome guys, uh, two of our pastors on staff. we got Eric to my left and Trevor to my right. Guys, uh, it is uh, great to be here this morning. Great to be here with you both. Yeah, Kyle, how was your run this morning, man? Oh my gosh, it was good. It actually yeah. caused me to be a little late this morning, so I apologize. Yeah. It was good. I was late too because I went for a run, but it uh, helps me get my mind ready to yeah. think about theology. Trevor, you run as well. Did you get out this morning? Nice. I uh, did not run, but hopefully I'm still ready. All this, right. So. All right. <laughs> this would have been your uh, running weather because it was pretty humid because of the thunderstorms that came in yesterday. It was a, yeah, it was a pretty crazy night. So this I know. I know. That, that, kind of, that kind of stickiness is yeah. reminding me of yeah. where I came from. It's gross. It's yeah. gross out there. So. Uh, well, we're so glad uh, to to be here together with you guys, with all of you guys listening. Um, this season of the Fully Blooded Podcast, we've actually been uh, touching base, uh, kind of following along with our message series that we're in, uh, Redeeming Dogma. Um, we won't be breaking down the messages specifically. As always, you can jump in uh, online uh, on YouTube uh, and, and kind of follow up with us uh, with each of these um, statements of faith. Uh, but we're really talking about what Christians believe. And uh, today uh, is another big one, um, the big S word. We're talking about salvation. So uh, what do you, uh, how do you guys want to start us off? Pick us yeah, off with this. well, um, I, I want to read our statement, our doctrinal statement okay. about salvation. And then I want to uh, just a little bit of recap so that we're set up to go deeper into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple things that um, we weren't able to discuss on Sunday that I think are crucial in this conversation. Um, I'm going to throw out some big words to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, keep people around for the for the end of the podcast. But um, <laughs> we'll, we did... we'll define those words. So yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't so cosmic anything. child abuse. We yeah. talked about that a little bit on Sunday. I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit more. Uh, federal headship. Okay. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, theories of atonement as well, because we presented one main one on Sunday. There are others, and um, I want to discuss those and talk about the merit of each of them and um, and see how each of them give us a pretty clear picture, but why what we discussed Sunday, I think, is the clearest of pictures. So that's what we're going to do, and um, I'm really excited for, for today's podcast. This awesome. is a big topic. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, let's start with the uh, doctrinal statement. Doctrinal statement number three, remember the first one was all about the authority of the Bible. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. God's Word. Uh, the second one was all about uh, the Godhead, mm-hmm. or the, the nature of God as three in one, and so that does play into today. Day. Um, today's doctrinal statement is uh, about Jesus and what he has accomplished mm-hmm. in terms of salvation. So that statement reads like this, we believe that Jesus Christ, by offering himself on the cross, paid the penalty of man's sin. So penalty right there is a is a cue for the listeners, cue for somebody investigating SMCC uh, as to which theory of atonement, which what we're going to get to, mm-hmm. uh, we lean towards. And all who receive him by faith are born of the Holy Spirit and thereby become children of God. So, of course, really uh, packed full of meaning here. Trevor, just if you were going to kind of sum up sun, uh, Sunday's message, um, some of the logic there, uh, how would you do that for our listeners? 
Yeah, yeah, to kind of walk through it. Um, I think at the very beginning, right, we're created for a relationship with God, and then we see the fall taking place. That was part of the logic. God commanded them not to eat from the fruit of the tree, symbolic of God's authority. They reject God's authority, yeah. creates a separation in humanity's relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things following that throughout the Old Testament is that God... Uh, you know, forms the people of Israel to bring them back into relationship with Him to then eventually, you know, bring about Jesus, the gospel message, invitation Mm -hmm. for all of humanity to be in relationship with the the triune God. Um, But you still have the problem of sin separating people from God. And so how are they going to be, how is God going to be their God? How are they going to be His people? And the answer is the sacrificial system. Yeah, the sacrificial system. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think for, um, if, if you grew up in the West, if you grew up in church, it's just assumed that death had to happen. Um, But if you start to look into it uh, carefully and deeply, and uh, a few years ago I did that, because I was wondering, and a lot of people wonder, is this the only way? Did he actually have to die? Why couldn't God just, you know, wave a magic wand and we're forgiven, our sin atoned for? Um, So we said specific problems call for specific solutions. Mm -hmm. And so we had to go deep into why death is the only solve for the sin problem. Mm -hmm. And that is because sin uh, produces death. And so mm-hmm. um, that debt is only paid off through another death. And that's where the sacrificial system really does come in. And so um, because mm-hmm. sin is that big of a problem. But we see that in Genesis. Uh, you know, they will, you will surely die if you eat. We see it in Romans. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I think just in the, uh, if you observe the world, Mm-hmm. You got to wonder where this death thing come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is death going to hit every one of us? Death is proof of something, mm-hmm. and I think death proves uh, the gospel story. Yeah. Um, the at least at the start of the the narrative of the gospel story, it proves the problem. It proves the existence of sin. It proves the separation from the God of life. And so yeah. uh, it's like, well, why was blood then this big thing? You know, well, blood of course being a symbol that mm-hmm. death has actually happened, and death is the thing that can pay for it. So then blood was really this this token or this coin that says, you know, I, I, I pay. It was the uh, the currency mm-hmm. of the payment, if you will. And so we, we yeah. unpacked all of that um, on uh, a Sunday. And um, that, that message, a lot of people came up to me and said, man, that was so clear. I've never heard it that clearly before. And really that was sort of born out of, especially the natural consequence, the logical conclusion, all of that was born out of me diving into my own doubt. Mm-hmm. about this topic and yeah. going, okay, why did why did Jesus have to die? And I understand justice. Mm-hmm. We talked about that, yeah. that justice and love, they're not enemies, but they're friends. Mm-hmm. Justice mm-hmm. makes sacrifice mandatory. Uh, love made the sacrifice voluntary. I, we spent a lot of time looking at those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was me diving into the fact, if God is the source of life and you are separated from him, what's left then but to die? Mm-hmm. And yeah. therefore, death becomes the... Uh, the debt, and then another death becomes the payment of the debt to pay off the debt. And so when I put all that together a few years ago in my own mind, it was very helpful for me personally with my own doubts and uh, moved me deeper into the the gospel. So that was was Sunday. Anything you guys want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I just like, uh, I like how um, 
you know, doubt can be helpful in that way. Yeah. That, that doubt isn't, um, you know, like the antithesis, antithesis to faith, but that leaning into your doubts, trying to find answers, seeking that, um, seeking truth mm-hmm. in light of uh, doubts can be a very helpful thing. Yeah. Um, There's a type of yeah. doubt that looks for resolution, a type of doubt that doesn't want resolution. Um, mm-hmm. We've often said that doubt is just your mind trying to reconcile new information with old information. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a great way to, to, to think about doubt. You don't need to be scared of it. You can uh, lean into it. And when mm-hmm. you do, you'll, you will uh, either walk away from beliefs that weren't true to begin with, and we think that's valuable because who wants to believe lies, yeah. or you will walk deeper into truth itself. Right. And I think uh, SMCC is a, is a doubter's church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I love that. And I think uh, just to you know, speak also more to what you were talking about, uh, you know, like for like, it's why the judicial system you know, we have a class here at SMCCU or one of the mm. weekends or one of the t- uh, topics we talk about um, as we talk about salvation. Uh, it's why throwing paint on the Mona Lisa would cost much more uh, as payment <laughs> per penalty for that than me tossing paint on, you know, Trevor's $50 t-shirt. You know, uh, the judge is going to give you a certain amount of punishment. Um, and so that's why death itself requires death uh, as that that payment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um Let's talk about theories of atonement, because not everybody takes this approach that uh, Jesus was our substitute, meaning he took our place um, and paid our penalty. Um, And so there's a few, you know, the the big pushback to this is uh, cosmic child abuse. We talked about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And if you don't know cosmic child abuse, it's that, you know, how is this loving? How is this good that a father who's angry and wrathful and hates sin, uh, is going to punish his son who's innocent, and that that somehow is good news. You know, right. that's that's yeah. the cosmic child abuse thing. So people push back against uh, the theory of atonement that we presented on Sunday, which is called penal substitution, which sounds a little strange, but it's just substitution for a penalty mm-hmm. is what penal substitution is. And um, that's, the, that's the pushback. We dealt with the objection, um, and I want to deal with that now. Uh, it's It's not child and it's not abuse. Let me explain why. We talked about it last week, but because Jesus is fully God and not God's offspring, mm-hmm. son mm-hmm. of God uh, or child definitely has a different uh, reference point. That's yeah. It's not, you know, I got yeah. kids, you guys have kids. It's not our children in, in that sense. So right. it's not child abuse. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Rome uh, abused Jesus but it wasn't God abusing Jesus. He willingly, for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. went to the cross. So it's yeah. it's not child abuse because it's not an offspring thing, and it's it's really Jesus going there on purpose, knowing that that was the required uh, penalty. And mm-hmm. so I think that pushes through the criticism of cosmic child abuse pretty well. Yeah. Um, but there are a few other theories out there uh, in terms of what atonement means, What why Jesus had to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did he have to die? And so, uh, Trevor, do you want to take us through just a few of those? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of them would be the the moral influence theory. Okay. Uh, this one most commonly attributed to a theologian by the name of Peter Abelard, coming from uh, kind of medieval ages. And the idea is basically that it wasn't that Jesus was paying a debt of death or anything like that. It's just that him dying on the cross was a supreme and kind of the the uh, defining example of what true love is. And so when we look at that. Uh, that's inspiring to us, and it leads us to live in a way that is uh, far better than what we were. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's an inspiring example of love. So what was the what was that one one more time? Moral influence. Moral influence that we Jesus is our example, and um, of course Jesus 
is very loving mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. did serve. And we talk about it all the time that he was a servant leader. And so let's lead as servants. And in that sense, it is, um, uh, he is an example. If Jesus is only your example, he will crush you. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller has led me to that mm-hmm. conclusion. Because mm-hmm. yeah. who can live that way? Yeah. If it's like, be like Jesus, okay, I never will be. Yeah. Uh, so it is a crushing expectation. Mm-hmm. And so th- the example thing doesn't make sense of all that the New Testament says about why Jesus died. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't deal well with the sacrificial system or death to begin with. Um, and so uh, I think that theory, although gets at part of how Jesus lived and how he loved, it doesn't give us the, the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor, anything you'd say to the moral influence theory? Um, yeah, if he wasn't paying a debt, then why did he, w- would there not be another way to basically show us what love is? Right. Yeah, exactly. There, there's got to be a better way to show what love is, uh, both yeah. for him. And if there is no debt, then why is it even loving? Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, totally, uh-huh. and and so yeah. that's and that was the point we made Sunday that if ju- justice is a prerequisite to love, mm-hmm. so you have yeah. to have a standard of what should be done and who should pay, mm-hmm. which is me for my sin, uh, Romans six, which I think we got wrong in the message, Trevor. I think I preached it at Romans three twenty three, but it's actually oh. six. Uh, my bad. Anyways, um, three twenty three is important. Too. It is. It they're is both yeah. very important. Yes, but I think uh, no one called me on it. You know, there's a. 900 people at Draper, no one got me, you know, called me on the typo. They, thanks yeah. for your grace, folks. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, it can happen. We look at it's a lot of verses. because Jen's like fielding all the emails. Uh, and, uh, yeah, maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe she's not passing them on to me. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, but yeah, justice and love being friends. So justice tells us who should pay the extent of the payment. Mm-hmm. And because Jesus did what he didn't have to do, Mm-hmm. die in my place, then we see how a- absolutely loving it is. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, if you walk away from, from justice, um, and if God is not just, you don't have a good God, because mm-hmm. what type of ruler, leader, or father looks away from injustice and is still good? Mm-hmm. What type of father doesn't have wrath when um, something unjust happens to those that they love? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that... Um, God is a God of justice, and uh, and that's a really, really good thing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's moral influence. What's the, what's the next atonement theory you have? Yeah, the next one would be the uh, crisis victor one, mm-hmm. and this one's kind of interesting. Uh, correct me if I'm if I'm not getting this completely right, but this is sort of the uh, if you've ever read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Ooh, I love it. This is uh, basically the atonement theory that the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe produces, mm-hmm. where. Aslan, who of course is Jesus, has to go and give his life as a payment to uh, you know the White Witch in the book. Right. Uh, but in biblically speaking, it would be Satan. So kind of the ransom to Satan theory that mm-hmm. uh, we're all in bondage with Satan, and so Jesus pays our ransom with his life. And yet, then uh, because he's you know so powerful because he's God, he basically bursts free from mm-hmm. Satan's mm-hmm. bondage, and uh, Satan's unable to hold him. So it's almost it's been called like the uh, like the fish hook theory, because Jesus is the bait, uh-huh. and then the fish hook like gets swallowed, but then gets kind of ripped back yeah. out. And, yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, you know what I I think um, the Passion of the Christ has this concept in mind too, because remember that movie? They're often flashing back to the Satan figure, the white, yes. the white yeah. face, the bald person, yeah, and, and then you have the yeah. crush. You have in the very beginning. Uh, Jesus crushes the head of the serpent, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. an allusion back to the proto-euangelion, the first mm-hmm. gospel announcement in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you definitely get a sense that what Jesus is going to do is be victorious mm-hmm. 
over sin, death, evil, and Satan. Uh, and so Christus Victor is more about that than what he did for me. It's mm-hmm. this victory in the overarching narrative of, of good and evil in, in the world. And, uh, and, in, or the ran- and the ransom theory is sort of a... Do you consider those the same, Trevor, ransom and Christus Victor? Or are there just kind of two that are, they kind of overlap? I think they're they're pretty closely yeah yeah, yeah. Connected. I think in my schooling they were they were separated um, but but it's it's a very similar thing like what you said mm-hmm. with the line the witch in the wardrobe that Jesus was a payment to Satan that because yeah. that's what Aslan is he's like a payment to the white witch right yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, I don't think Satan has that much power <laughs> right yeah um, and and of course Jesus is victorious over death and over our sin and so there's a there's an important part. Uh, in salvation um, with with that, but it's not, I just don't think it's the main thing. Um, I think the New Testament, the book of Romans, uh, describes more of a substitution. He took our place. Now, um, part of the reason, and we'll, you know, we talked about uh, penal substitution in the message, um, but part of why that's so uh, attractive and appealing to me is it's the logical solve to sin, which is substitution at its core. So Adam and Eve in the garden put themselves where God uh, deserved to be. Mm-hmm. They substitute themselves for authority, his mm-hmm. authority. Um, they, they say, us in your place, God. And mm-hmm. that's where the tree comes in, and we, we unpack that tree was a symbol of moral authority. Yeah. And if you think you're the authority over good and evil, then you think you're God. Mm-hmm. So they substituted themselves yeah. in for God, and Jesus substitutes himself uh, back for us. Mm-hmm. And um, so if substitution is at the core of sin, then of course it is at the core of salvation, the solve yeah. uh, to sin. There's a couple other atonement theories that I think we could hit. Uh, Trevor, you got any more? Um, I'm going to let you jump in here. You want me to jump in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Anselm <laughs> talked a lot about the satisfaction theory. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Jesus's death did satisfy the good and righteous wrath of God. Um but that was so. So that was a part of it. But once again, not the whole picture. And yeah. I think what we're seeing, if you're hearing us say something, and you're hearing a trend here, it's that each of these atonement theories gets at a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole puzzle. Yeah. And yeah. so if if atonement is like a puzzle, uh, and we're going to get the full picture, um, uh, we see that each of these theories is a piece in the full picture. Mm-hmm. But the biggest piece, the central piece, the one that you can't finish the puzzle without. Right. You know, it's that middle yeah. one, the yeah. huge one, the biggest piece. Uh, where it all comes together is uh, penal substitution. So satisfaction mm-hmm. theory, that was uh, from Anselm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the penal substitution theory really did come about um, with the reformers. Um, the, you know, it's a bit of a later one. Christus Victor, I think, is probably the oldest mm-hmm. um, atonement theory in, in church history, if you will. Uh, there's a governmental theory. Um, the thing I like about uh, penal substitution is it's, it's both very personal relational, and judicial. Mm-hmm. I think it gets at all of that. Yeah. Judicial injustice because someone had to pay. Um, someone had to take care of the legal debt. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, it is judicial. Um, but it's substitutionary, and, and that makes it personal mm-hmm. and therefore relational and um, individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think there, you know, salvation needs to be addressed for the individual as well as what Jesus did for the whole world. The corporate, right? Yeah, so you got corporate mm-hmm. and individual. Um, but the governmental theory leans completely towards the sort of the judicial process. It's a kind of a variation of penal substitution, and um, it, it prioritizes um, 
that Jesus died sort of for the corporate whole, for the church. If you're part of a church, then you're in God's salvation, which is interesting. So this is less individual. Mm-hmm. I trust mm-hmm. yeah. individually what's, what Jesus has done. It's I'm a part of a body, and if I'm a part of the body, then I'm saved, which is an interesting mm-hmm. uh, approach. Uh, Are there any, uh, would you, would you not to... Uh, poke holes in any of these because like you mm-hmm. said they're all bits and pieces of the bigger puzzle but would there be any, any red flags that would drop up uh, with something like that if you leaned more on the corporate corporate side we as a body yeah you know i think uh i think it puts the church in a place of massive power for sure yeah mm-hmm. and then that power can be abused yeah. i just don't think it addresses well uh passages like um uh, he became sin for us, so we might experience his righteousness, Second Corinthians right. 5. I think there's just passages mm-hmm. yeah. that speak too much of the individual exchange that, or substitution that has to take place yeah, to sure. make sense fully of the governmental theory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one mm-hmm. more that I've uh, looked at is the, the uh, sort of the scapegoat theory. Mm. Uh, I have some concerns there. Um, scapegoat theory makes Jesus a victim, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's really mm-hmm. important to know that he he laid his life down yeah. to pick it up, um, and he was victimized, but ultimately he knew what he was doing. And so, but you know the the scapegoat from Leviticus, right? Like that's um, part of the thing is yeah. that. Uh, you had these two goats, and when one ran out into the woods, it was a picture that my sin has been taken far, far away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so uh, you, you see that. And so uh, each of these give us something valuable, um, but uh, I think you have to prioritize them. Yeah. Um, because if you value something that's not cent- the, the main thing, you can kind of get off the rails a little bit. So anyways, I think mm-hmm. it's important for our listeners to know that at SMCC, uh, we uh, lean heavily into penal substitution uh, because I think it makes the most sense of what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. The Bible prioritizes it, focuses on that. I think the Bible makes that a main thing, so we do. Yeah. All the other pieces are supporting uh, yeah. the grand story of salvation, but they're a piece, they're a piece of it. And so um, when I was in school, I read this um, book. And I think it's helpful in terms of illustration. Uh, it was about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it said uh, four portraits, one Jesus. So you really get mm-hmm. uh, four different pictures of who Jesus is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oh, yeah. And I think with the atonement theories, you get you know somehow like seven, mm-hmm. seven different uh, pictures, but they all come together to form uh, what salvation is. But but I think yeah. the biggest and clearest, um, the one that it shows up in our doctrinal statement, and it's the dead giveaways, the word word penalty Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. uh, penal substitution. So I just had somebody reach out to me the other day and say, thank you for including that. It seems like churches are walking away from that. Mm. And I I think he was right. Um, And I think churches are walking away from it because when you hear penal substitution, that sounds big and scary and demanding and hard, even harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once you break down uh, penal substitution piece by piece, it really um, grabs um, the beautiful picture of salvation. Yeah. And so um, so that's mm-hmm. what we go with here, knowing that the others are valuable, but thinking that one's the main one. So, yeah. so question, yeah. uh, in light <laughs> of that, I think there's a few different directions we could go here. And uh, I think one would be... Um, you know, just so if uh, our sin produces a debt of debt, our humanity's sin has produced a debt of death that must must be paid with life, right? And Jesus, uh, you know, God Himself giving His life to pay the debt of our death. Why is that not making the payment for all of humanity? If mm. He if He died in that way, um, mm. why is that 
uh, why is not everyone saved? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple ways we could answer that question. Um, you know, I think uh, the Bible doesn't allow for that point of view, first of all. But still, it's like, well, why doesn't the Bible allow for that right. point of view? <laughs> right. And so mm-hmm. we got to move deeper in. Um, and I think uh, we could start with uh, our justice system understands this, that if someone is personally guilty, that personal debt has to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a crime, and whoever committed the crime has to uh, pay for the crime, or someone else can pay in their place. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about why that's okay mm-hmm. yeah. in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that if it's my personal debt, my personal debt has to be addressed. And so this has to be applied to my account because mm. of my sin. And so I think that's one way to talk about it. Now, yeah. we live in an individualistic society, and so I do think sometimes um, this is skewed towards this real personal approach. Like, if you died today, would you go to hell? You know, it's like mm-hmm. it, yeah. that, was, that was a form of evangelism oh, yeah. that was very, very successful oh. 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, it's become um, cliché. Yeah. I think it's a fine question. Uh, I think it's it's lost its punch because of how much it's been used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of become old hat. Is that a phrase? Old hat? <laughs> Have you guys heard that before? <laughs> that one's lost its punch too. Okay, yeah, sorry. It's become <laughs> that cliche. Is, it's become uh, yeah, <laughs> old hat. No, I'm, I, I'm I, I don't know where I learned that, but I've never said it before. Um, but I said it now. Uh, you just coined it right it's now. It's coming back. It's yeah, co- it's, we're bringing it, it back. <laughs> it's vintage. <laughs> Bring an old hat back. Um, but. Uh, so I do think there's this individual aspect of uh, our sin and separation from God that has to be addressed. And so um, that's one way that I would talk about it. Yeah. So it's almost like Jesus with his death, he provided the resources for the debt to be paid. And when we trust in him, that's, the, that's in, es- in essence, when we trust in him, those resources are taken and they pay the debt yeah. in our personal individual case. Yeah. I mean, you see that theme all throughout the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please God, meaning... Mm-hmm. I have to individually trust what he has provided. I have to receive mm-hmm. that that gift. We looked at it in uh, a Galatians passage uh, on Sunday. Uh, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. This is Galatians 3, by mm-hmm. becoming a curse for us. Okay, I just want to pause there once again. Substitution, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. He curse redeemed us by taking our place. He went where we were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's c- so clear here. Yeah. For it's written, curses everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might mm-hmm. receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. uh, through faith is how this is received. It's, yeah. It takes it from belief that um, to belief in. It's not just true out there. This is true in me. I've received it. And so I think... Um, this is a cheesy illustration, but uh, you, you do have to unwrap a gift to receive that love when someone gives you a gift. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some might say, Eric, that sounds like a work. Remember, that's not a work. Work in the New Testament is earning something. It's not not doing anything. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like if I, if I lifted a finger to uh, unwrap a gift, does that undermine the love of the gift giver? No, no. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's how the gift is received. And faith is not a work that earns. Faith, though, is the action that receives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so that act of reliance is really necessary. I, I had a philosophy professor in college who used to say that every analogy breaks down. So bear that in mind when I share this analogy from another uh, mm-hmm. professor, uh, freshman year, uh, theology of industry. 
and uh, day one of class, uh, Professor Richardson, uh, Dr. Richardson stands up and says, I've got 20 bucks right here. And he points like a kid in the back of the class and he says, this is yours. Like it's yours. He wrote his name on it. But he, he said the, re- the way you actually get it, you have to walk up from the front class. I'm not going to walk back there. Like it's yours, uh, but you still have to come up and receive it. And so mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I almost understand that question kind of regarding universalism that you, that you kind of uh, asked is not that everybody is, but Jesus' death makes possible everybody mm-hmm. to have that opportunity to come back yeah. into the right relationship. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. still that, you know, if you don't, um, if you don't take it uh, as a, a personal, um, you know, debt for debt, you know, debt for death uh, uh, situation with you individually, um, then you're still feeling I or, was on or living. Oh, that's that's a little uh, <laughs> uh, preview of what we're going to share in a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then you're really what you're doing is you're still going back to the garden narrative where you are taking the place of God as the one in mm-hmm. charge. You know, yeah. and yeah. so there still is something. It's not a, a uh, you have to do something. It's not a works thing, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that a uh, twenty dollar bill analogy always kind of stuck with me. Uh, yeah. That yeah, it's his, but mm-hmm. he still has to kind of like opening a gift. Yeah, and real quick, if hell is something you're curious about, want to learn more about, uh, <laughs> we're we're in week three right now. Yes. Week five, we're yeah. going to delve much deeper into that. So I'm stay tuned. That. I'm yeah. excited That's for that. Good. Um, mm-hmm. Back to your point too, Trevor. I, I mean, when you look at the Old Testament sacrificial system. It was personal. Like I, my mm-hmm. personal sin had mm-hmm. to be addressed. Yeah, they had to lay their hands on the animal, exactly. take its life themselves. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, I think that's really important to the to the whole thing. Um, so what I want to do, guys, is as we kind of head to the end of today's podcast, is I want to talk about uh, federal headship and what mm-hmm. that is and why it's so valuable. So um, I referenced this Sunday in the message, but I wanted to play the clip for us now. And uh, there's no perfect way to play it. I literally have Instagram up on my phone with the clip, so uh, it might not be wonderful. But um, PragerU is a, uh, well, not a real university, I don't think. No. It's, a, it's a, um, a platform for a way of thinking, I guess. And uh, it's been very helpful for me in helping understand uh, some of the things going on in our culture, our government, uh, the history of our country. But it's uh, led by a guy named Dennis Prager, a very smart man mm-hmm. uh, who is Jewish. And uh, my wife sent me this clip the other day that I thought was um, really, really um, clear and honest mm-hmm. about why he's not a Christian. And um, I want to play that for us, and then I want to unpack it a little bit and use this real reality, which I think a lot of people um, have. A lot of people have this understanding, and therefore they need to have an understanding of federal headship. Yeah. When you hear me say mm-hmm. that, you're like, brother, what could that possibly be? <laughs> These guys are always talking about some things that don't matter. This matters immensely, federal headship. Yeah. So I'm going to try and play this clip um, and uh, take, take, a, take a listen. Um, I'm going to cue it up for us uh, as best I can. Um, here we go. Fine. And Jesus was was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. So it, it, it's it's a matter of faith. My, my biggest issue is I, I, I don't believe that anybody could die for my sins. I, I, I mean, I have I have that issue. I have the issue of the divinity of, of Jesus. I don't have the issue with the mess, messianic claims. By the way, I, I always explain to Christians, the Jews problem was not that there were Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. You, that that never would have made the Jewish Christian separation. The Jewish Christian separation was over claims that he was God, and that that went to the heart of Jewish theology. Uh, but, uh, but, 
All right, let's stop with that. So guys, what I want us to process and listeners, what I want us to be thinking about is he says, I don't think anybody can pay for my sin. Hmm. Hmm. Now, um, somebody in the front row at the Draper campus on Sunday was in tears and they were talking to me and they said the same thing. But it was, it did not lead them to, so I don't think Christianity is true. It led them to deep appreciation that Mm -hmm. Jesus would do this for them. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, the concern and the tension around, can someone pay for my sin? And has this actually happened? Um, What you think about whether that's logically possible or not will either lead you to, I'm not a Christian, Mm -hmm. or there's no other thing for me but to be a Christian Mm -hmm. because of how great Jesus is. So that... The thing I appreciated about Dennis Prager, if you're listening, I'm sure he's not, but if you're listening, Dennis Prager, is your honesty. And I do appreciate the honesty there because he's saying, my sin is such a big deal. It is my problem. I should have to address it. You know, I should have to deal with it. Now, in a Jewish worldview today, you have to ask, how is that being addressed? Because the sacrificial system uh, has been done away with for, I, I don't even know when it was done away with. Do you guys know off the top of your head? But hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, probably eighty seventy 70 when Jerusalem yeah. was yeah. destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the sacrificial system went away. The best that I know is that um, somehow through the good moral life of somebody, it's like, God, I'm sincerely, you know, mm-hmm. my amount of sincerity should be able to cover for my sin. So God, because I'm so sincere in my devotion to you, would you wipe my sin away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that approach, but it's not doesn't go deep enough to the actual judicial elements of justice in debt and legal indebtedness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think what's yeah. interesting along those lines is the, the way Leviticus spells it out: when the sacrifice was made, the debt was paid, and so it was good. It was clean. It was like there was a, an, an accurate way to render it and to know whether or not you were righteous or not, whether or not the debt had been paid. Um, and when you remove that and just kind of go on the basis of sincerity. Um, I think it's hard to know with certainty whether or not the debt has been paid. The mm-hmm. logic gets much foggier. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, and at this point, we're talking about justification, right? These are a lot of big words that end in T-I-O-N, <laughs> salvation, <laughs> justification, <laughs> sanctification. Um, but, but justification is what allows me to stand justified before yeah. God, righteousness mm-hmm. of Jesus imputed to me. That's what was substituted to me is his righteousness because my sin was substituted to him. And um, but but what I want to do is talk now about federal headship because uh, and I think the easy way to to get there is um, someone represents each of us and that's a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know who the Utah Fourth District representative is? Off the top of your head, I just I just moved here. Oh yeah, so. you get it out. <laughs> yeah. Who was it for Chicago? Do you know who your representative was? Uh, Lori Lightfoot was mayor. All, all, right. Right. all right, all right, but not your representative. Uh, Pritzker was the governor. I know those two. <laughs> I know those two. Well, uh, when I looked this up last, <laughs> yeah. when I did a talk on federal headship, it was Ben McAdams. But I don't know if he's still. That was a while ago. I don't yeah. know if he's still my representative. I probably should look it up. But a representative is a person who can act or speak on your mm-hmm. behalf. And it's 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 a legal thing. It is a is a clear thing. It's a bit unsettling uh, at times because we like to say, well, they don't speak speak for me. If right. you've been misrepresented before, you yeah. know how uh, uncomfortable and annoying that can be. But built into our fa- the fabric of our world is that mm-hmm. someone represents you. Um, you represent your kids when you take them to the doctor's office. You know they're getting treatment, but you sign on the line that you will represent them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like you're responsible as their representative. Right. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's built into our world. And that same logic shows up 
uh, in salvation uh, as well. And this moves us into the question, how can Jesus die for me? Mm -hmm. Because it is okay for him to be your legal representative. And if you're like, well, well, how does that make any sense? So I want to take you, I want to take you deeper into how one man on a cross can apply um, to us. Now, federal headship, um, it's, uh, you know, a country's president might be seen as a federal head of their nation. A king would be seen as a federal head of their people. Speaking on behalf of those, those people, federal comes from a Latin word for covenant or agreement. So a federal head is someone who, based on the covenant and agreement, can represent you. And so what's true of them becomes true of you. Yeah. Uh, we've all heard of guilty by association. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're kind of talking about that. Because I'm associated with this person, um, I'm in their plight i'm what's right. what's true of them because of association um you know applies to me the stipulations of, the, of their covenant apply to the people the covenant includes uh and so when your representative goes to whatever congress guys i'm so bad at politics but co- you know shows up and votes on your behalf whether yeah. the vote goes through or not affects us yeah. in our mm-hmm. states and um our country's built on this so you know it's easy to think we are very uh, individualistic people, and we are each unique, um, but our pathway is not. We are a collective whole, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we're on a well-worn path. And Romans 5 explains this to us. Mm. Let me read this for you. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, we've been talking about this, mm-hmm. in this at this point in this series and podcast, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. So Adam did something. And because he did it as our representative, our federal head, Mm. his sin came down to us. Mm -hmm. We are a part of it. And if you disagree with that, you should just look at death as proof of federal headship Mm -hmm. realities. Yeah. (laughs) All right? Mm -hmm. Death is something that will come to me because it's what Adam took part in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that... this point in Romans and other places uh, is saying Adam represents us mm-hmm. yeah. as a federal head. So I've, yeah. even along those lines, I've, I've heard the illustration before that, um, like when God gave the command to Adam and, and Eve uh, not to eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, it was almost like if you imagine this whole scenario in terms of uh, kind of like spatial logic, mm-hmm. he's like saying that if when you if you eat of the fruit of the tree, you reject my authority, rebel against me. It's like you're stepping into this pit, mm-hmm. uh, and once you're in the pit, you will not be able to. Get get out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. And now, therefore, since every person has come from them, every single person after has been born Mm -hmm. into the very same pit. Yep. Born into sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, we are in Adam. And that's a Mm -hmm. weird thing. I don't know if that means we're in the pit with him because we're humans or uh, somehow uh, through reproduction we were in Adam. I don't know. That's a little funky for me. It just sounds weird. I like the pit the illustration. Pit's a really good illustration. Yeah. But, I, but I guess uh, the other one makes sense too. Uh, but we see that in Romans 5.14. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Mm-hmm. So Adam is a, is a pattern. What we see in him, we see in our own lives. Uh, and Adam represents this this pathway. Now, I always think at this point I want to pause and, and just make a point. Um, a principle is something that applies to you uh, whether you know it or not. It's not something that you apply. Principles are true. Uh, they already apply to you. So whether I believe in gravity or not, the principle still applies. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. All right? Like it's still, it still exists. The Archimedes, Archimedes principle, the physical laws of buoyancy, like whether I know them or not, my whole life has been shaped by them. Mm-hmm. 
And this is the case with this, what we're talking about now. Trevor, you look excited about I'm just something. like, that's the Eureka guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Principle, it's always true. You can't change it whether you believe it or not. Um, and then Romans 5 goes on, uh, but the gift is not like the trespass. So here's where uh, federal headship brings Jesus in as our covenantal uh, head, the new covenant in his blood, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what we mm-hmm. talk about when we celebrate communion too. Blood being the token, the currency that established the new covenant. Every covenant has a representative or mm-hmm. a federal head. That's what federal means. Um, we see this, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, justification and forgiveness, they're, they're different, and I think sometimes people kind of blur those together. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is your sin is gone, you may go, get out of jail. Mm-hmm. Justification is you are righteous, uh, welcome home. Mm-hmm. You may come. Yeah. And I think that yeah. understanding the difference between justification and forgiveness is very important. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ? So someone represents us whether we like it or not. It's true in the biggest story of reality. It's either Adam or Jesus. It's either Adam yeah. or Jesus. Mm-hmm. Adam or Jesus. So Yeah. I think the thing you said about justification is good. is good there too because... Um, yeah, sometimes we, it's easy to focus on like the paying the debt side of it. Mm -hmm. And like Jesus, when he died, he gave his life. He did pay the debt of our, of our, uh, death and brought us to a place of innocence. And at the same time, um, I think the full picture adds an understanding to why his life was necessary too, and not Mm -hmm. just the death that he lived the perfect life, uh, completely without sin that, that no human has ever lived. Mm -hmm. And so not only, uh, did he take the payment for our death, um, but he actually, uh, it's like he, he restored us not just to innocence, but he also filled our account with righteousness. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, salvation takes something away and puts something in. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And so Romans 5 unpacks this more, and we're running out of time, but just mm-hmm. go look at that um, because uh, if we're guilty by association with Adam, then it makes sense that we can be righteous by association in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, that's an important concept. And uh, of course... In the West, we're like, no, not me. I'm not guilty because of anybody else. Other cultures, this is the simplest thing to they them. They're collectivistic it. as a yeah. whole, anyways. Yeah. yeah. But to us, we got to get our get our minds around this. And so, you know, I think one of the ways to do it is just look at death as proof. Mm-hmm. Death is proof yeah. that you're in with Adam. Yeah. <laughs> it happened to him. <laughs> it happens to you. Um, so Thomas Goodwin was a thinker. He said this: In God's sight, there are two men, Adam and Jesus Christ, and these two men have all their men hanging at their girdle strings. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and yeah. I just and I just think uh, this is a good place for us to to pause today because of the timeless principle of federal headship mm. or covenant representation uh, that is both just and good. Um, we can be saved through Jesus. So to Dennis Prager's point, how can one person die for you? Mm the timeless truth of representation in a covenant or federal headship. And um, of course, then, you know, for Dennis, he's left to find another way to pay off his sin. And just no, there's no, no other way exists. Right. If mm-hmm. sin is a specific problem, mm-hmm. then, a, then a perfect and holy sacrifice is the only specific solution. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus is absolutely um, the only way. Yeah. So there we go. I think we'll awesome. wrap up with that. We went far deeper than we were mm-hmm. able to go on Sunday. But yeah. um 
I think this federal headship piece is so crucial. And if that phrase federal headship is a mouthful, go with covenant representation, which is still more of a mouthful. Right. But how about this? <laughs> Guilty by association yeah. or righteous by association. Yeah. Now, association is not just with Jesus and not just, you know, we bump shoulders once. Right. It's he's my Lord. <laughs> yeah. So that that word softens the blow a little bit, but I think it moves us deeper into the conversation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, gosh, that was a mouthful, guys. I, it makes me want to go find out who my district representative is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the Sorry. question, I think the question that um, uh, I want to leave people with, if, if Dennis Prager were here, you know, this is a question I want to leave him with. Uh, who do you ultimately want to represent you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a day where death comes knocking and something's going to happen mm-hmm. after that. And either you represent you mm-hmm. uh, and hope that your moral work is a good enough representative. Uh, the Bible says that's not going to be the case, though. It can't mm-hmm. be good enough. So you got to pick a better representative. And um, there's one representative who has the ability to beat death. That's Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. We Christians are not perfect people, but we are represented by a perfect Christ. And I think let's go with that. Yeah. I <laughs> The thought... Guys, I'm thinking of the Carmen song that it's like it's the courtroom. <laughs> it's so cheesy, but but yes, like you know, in this, God is the the judge and Satan yeah. is the prosecutor. And let's let's end with that track. Well, let's let's end, roll that okay, song. Right ahead, now. Aaron, we'll that. Why don't you just sing it? Actually, Kyle, <laughs> I don't even know the song. <laughs> I don't it's have not even song. a real song. It's it's more uh, storytelling in music. I don't know. So yeah. anyway. Well, thank you guys so much. This was super uh, helpful for me. I hope it was helpful uh, for uh, you as a listener. As always, um, you can uh, catch back up uh, with the Fully Delighted podcast uh, of this season and previous seasons. Uh, We look forward to seeing you guys next week. You guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.